Moncrief on News Talk. Now, apart from uh, the power cuts and the damage, the high winds of the last 24 hours did cause a large number of flights into Ireland to be diverted. A Ryanair flight from Manchester was delayed, came to Dublin, couldn't land and ended up in Paris. So what are the protocols around diverting flights? Kevin Byrne is a retired lieutenant colonel and an airport safety and security auditor. Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Sean. So, like, when it's very windy as it was yesterday, is it up essentially to the pilots to decide whether to try and, uh, and land or not? Or are there various voices involved there? Well, there are a whole host of things. One is uh, flight safety, of course, and then there's agreements between the aviation regulator and the airline and the airports. And every runway, for example, has a thing called decision height. You'll come down to that height and see if it's safe to commit to the landing or not. And unfortunately, in the case of wind, when you can see the runway, the, the wind, in the case of a storm, is not what you might call down the middle of the runway, which is what you'd like it to be. It, it's variable. It comes from left to right. And there are limitations on the crosswind, as you might have seen. Uh, for example, yesterday I saw the news last night at Heathrow and uh, an Airbus 320 of British Airways comes into land. It bounces on the left wheel and the right wheel. The nose wheel doesn't come down and the pilot wisely elected to take off again. And I don't know if he came back into Heathrow again. So you can commit to the landing and not actually make it to that. And it's, it's the thing about flight safety. You make maybe two approaches is what the airlines normally allow your pilots to do. Some will allow a third but only if the weather has improved enough between the second, uh, you know, the first and second, and it's quite likely to improve. If it stays the same, you're more or less obliged to divert to the alternate airport. And is, is that kind of situation you just described there, where the, the left wheel and the right wheel get down, yeah. but the, the, is that pretty much a last-minute decision to abort the landing? It, it really is, yes, because what you're doing is having you're having a go, basically. Aircraft have things called uh, crosswind limitations. In other words, the manufacturers, be it Boeing or Embraer or Airbus, whoever, tell you this aircraft can land in a crosswind of maybe 35 knots. But with the wind conditions we've seen recently, yesterday in particular, it's very hard to know, is it coming from the left or the right? And will it gust up, as it was the case in the west of Ireland, up to 65, 70 knots? I mean, that's very high winds and it's not wise. Some, of course, depart the airport and they tell the, the, the crews, you may or may not get in and you can be prepared to go to your alternate. Every aircraft filing a commercial flight plan has to put in a second airport to which it will fly the alternate. And that happens. Unfortunately, sometimes the alternate you want to go to, for example, it might be Cork or Belfast, or in the case of, of Dublin, it might be Manchester, close by. But you might have to divert. I mean, going to Paris is a long, long way to go, but that meant the other airports were not suitable for a landing because no airline wants to depart that far off its track, so to speak. Mm. And, and that alternate, uh, if that's already logged in, is yes. that, if you like, where the... Uh, um uh, the airline in question will have slots there, and that's why that uh, yes. That's the good thing. I mean, normally you'll have it organised where you'll have a base so that people can expect you. You'll have a handling agent, have people who will be there on duty, be it late at night or early in the morning. But in the case, I think, I, I thought I heard one from Emirates, which came from Dubai to Dublin. That ended up in Shannon, so that would be a bit of a surprise for the people in Shannon. But they would have to rally around, and they would, to assist in it. But it wouldn't be good for those people who want to depart from Dublin back to Dubai or even from those who wanted to land in Dublin and ended up in, in, in Shannon. You have to make arrangements for these kind of things. But this was maybe a storm that would last two or three times a year. Now it appears to be happening every two or three weeks. So it's, it's a serious matter for aviation into the future. Yeah, it is. Also, I mean, apart from the safety concerns, which yeah. you know, which would be paramount, all this costs money, I imagine. It, it does. 
I was talking to a chief pilot of an airline. I said, what happens? And I've been in aircraft, both in the cockpit and in the, in the, in the back, when the aircraft had to go, go around, for example, in Stansted. And I said, what happened there? He said, ah, just the aircraft in front didn't get off the runway quickly enough, so we had to go around. I said, what does that cost? About three or 4,000 euros, because they have to climb away, hold, and then wait for a slot to land again if it's a busy airport. A diversion costs even more, of course, because the trouble then is, the pilots get to the, the crew indeed get to the new airport. The people have to be looked after. The aircraft is then in the wrong place for the next flight out of the airport where you were going to land. And the crews are out of it, so they can't bring the empty aircraft back. It all gets quite complex, which explains why so many flights might have been cancelled from Dublin and Cork this morning. The aircraft and crews are simply in the wrong place at the wrong time, unfortunately. Yeah, so so then because of all that then, it, it, every... Uh, every flight that takes off, the, a calculation would have to be done as to whether it has enough fuel to divert yes. and when that decision should be made. And that's part of the standard operating procedure, so it's, it's quite a safe thing. In other words, you will have um, 45 minutes of fuel to hold and then you'll have enough fuel left to go to the alternate, having failed to get into your first destination. And the other good news is that all of these approaches are practised from very early days in the flying training regime. If you're flying a small single-engine aircraft or one of these, you know, multi-engine jets, you are taught very early how to go around, usually as a surprise. It's a big surprise to you when the instructor says go around, even though you're committed to the landing. It's just an excellent piece of training, and you will not be phased by it if you can't get in. You'll go around and do the approach again, if possible, or divert. So it's, it's a matter that is done in training, both in real aircraft and in simulators. So I don't want the passengers to be too concerned about it, even though it's a bumpy ride <laughs> on the last few miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, is it well? Is, is it standard procedure or not? If you know the pilot knows this might be bumpy, the pilot knows I might have to abort this. It, do they usually inform the passengers in advance no. this might happen? No, but the, what they do normally say is, look, they're, if they're committed to make a landing, they will do their very best. The autopilots will help them on the final approach phase. They will make a calculation in their mind. The two pilots will agree, look, we'll have a go at getting in this. If we can't go around, if we can't get in, we'll go around. And it's just, then they tend to tell the passengers because there's no point in getting people, um, what's the word, concerned mm. on the last few miles of the approach. The bumpiness will tell them anyway that the wind conditions outside aren't as good as they might be. And we've all had that. I mean, you've all landed, we've all landed aircraft, been in aircraft in turbulent conditions like that. They will tell you to strap in which may, brings me to the point that it's very, very wise to have your seatbelt on, even if the aircraft is cruising along. It's just a wise thing to do because you can hit uh, severe turbulence, which is clear air turbulence from time to time. But on the final approach, absolutely, the rules are there for a purpose. Everybody straps in. And if the aircraft goes around, you're still very safe. The aircraft will fly despite the fact that it might be bounced and pitched and yawing all at the same time. It will fly away safely and uh, you'll get into clearer air and then make a second decision whether to go around or to divert. Now, diversion, I've been on aircraft diversion. It's a very disappointing thing for passengers. And, um, you know, your plans are out the window, so to speak. But it's better than the alternative, which might be to end up in the grass climbing out the window or that kind of thing. We uh, well, yes, indeed. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and does this, uh, um, in terms of the pilot making a decision to attempt a landing or not, yes. does it depend what kind of plane they're flying? Is it easier to land a bigger plane, for instance? It usually is. Uh, although, if you look at some of the videos they've shown recently of, for example, A380s coming in to land, yeah, 
the, the heavier you are, probably the more stable you are. But that's uh, okay up to a certain limit. If the crosswinds are, you know, right at your limit, you're going to be bounced around the sky. And wings at low altitude with the flaps out give a huge amount of lift. So a gust can catch one side of the aircraft. And it is a wise thing to, you know, to go around whenever the decision height is made. Um, the uh, the aircraft weight, if it's a light propeller type, probably it might be very wise to go around at a, an earlier time. And in some cases, um, of course, in all cases, I should say, uh, Sean, people make a decision. They look at the weather of the airport into which they're going to fly. And in some cases, they say, look, we're not going to get in there at all, so we're not going to have the flight and it's cancelled. And that's a, a rare commercial decision, but it might be wise. But they'll have a go, see if they can get into the country, if not into the airport of your you know, destination mm. and, and see how it goes. But it's a safe Safety comes first, and then commercial aspects come into it. And then there are all sorts of rules and regulations about diversions and weather diversions and what you're entitled to. And the alternative then is to, is to get into, you know, another mode of transport if you can. But it's not easy to do late at night after a weekend. And that's what happened uh, last night and yesterday. And it's still happening now this afternoon, unfortunately. So I would imagine it's, it's been a very stressful 24 hours for all the people who work in air traffic control in Dublin. It is indeed, yeah, because, uh, you know, they're restricted uh, as regards the number of flights they can have. But they do their best, and all they can do is report the conditions. I mean, we live on an island which sticks into the Atlantic, Sean, and it's, uh, unfortunately the wind comes from the North American you know, continent, and we, we, we have these storms. My concern would be, as I said, that we're having so many. I mean, I just heard on the news there, your own news, that we're in Jay. In, in tomorrow mm. afternoon, another storm. For goodness sake, we haven't got over the first one yet. You know, I was speaking to my sister-in-law in the west of Ireland, and after 24 hours, they're still without electricity just west of Galway City, and that's a strange place to be. And if a second storm comes in, I mean, you could be left sort of w- w- without the, the essentials of life for more than a day or two. It's not good news. No, it's not. Here. No, it's not. That is a, a yeah, that's, a, that's a, a more profound concern, I suppose. Kevin, thanks a million for, for, for speaking with us today. That was Kevin Byrne there. He's a retired lieutenant colonel uh, currently an airport safety and security auditor. Uh, why didn't any of those flights go to Shannon uh, uh, Go to Shannon or Cork? We weren't as bad down here in the southwest as it, I, I don't know. Well, some of them obviously uh, did divert. I suppose it's then, if there's additional planes then going to Shannon and Cork, Shannon and Cork Airport then have to try and accommodate all those and it mightn't necessarily be that easy to do. Danny says, I spent the evening watching planes trying to land at Dublin Airport last night. Some of the landings pulled off at the height of the wind were unbelievable. Uh, and uh, someone else says, imagine making that call to the wife after a weekend in Manchester. I won't make it home tonight, love. I'm in Paris. You couldn't make it up. Well, at least, you know, the news would verify uh, uh, that uh, uh, they were telling the truth. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.